Welcome to the Talk to Your Pharmacist podcast. We're dispensing stories of success from across the continuum of care. I'm your host, Hillary Blackburn. Thanks for joining us to learn from leaders throughout the pharmacy industry. Hey listeners, in this episode, you'll learn all about launching your medical writing career with pharmacist Alex Evans. And he's offering a special discount for our listeners. Head over to Udemy and search for medical writing for healthcare professionals. Use the coupon code TALK to your RPH. T A L K T O Y O U R R P H. Talk to your RPH for that discount code. We'll also have the link in the show notes. Thanks. But before we get into the episode, I want to remind you that my book is now available on Amazon. Go check out how pharmacists lead answers from women who are leading, succeeding, and impacting pharmacy. It's a great book dedicated to women in pharmacy leadership. Okay, so today we have a special guest on the Talk to Your Pharmacist podcast, our guest, Alex Evans is a pharmacist and medical writer currently living in Jacksonville, Florida. He grew up in North Carolina and went to pharmacy school at UNC and is addicted to the ocean. So during uh, a time where he spent one month each over two summers in Roatan, an island off the coast of Honduras as an intern at a dive shop where he filled tanks, loaded the boats, and led dive and snorkel tours. He paid for the trips there by teaching marine biology for Duke Tip at their marine lab in Beaufort, North Carolina, once he got back. And after graduating, he spent a year in South Carolina before moving to Hawaii, where he lived for five years, both on the Big Island and Maui. And then got into medical writing in 2016. Um, So it grew as a a hobby and made a little pocket change to producing enough income to move into a part-time role at Ascension, where he now works as a a pharmacy project manager three days a week and writes the other two. Very interesting. Alex, welcome to the Talk to Your Pharmacist podcast. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Well, thanks for joining us. And now that our listeners have heard a little bit about your background, maybe you can fill in any gaps from that intro and share a bit more about your personal life. Yeah. So, um, like I said, I, uh, grew up in North Carolina originally and have always been addicted to the ocean, but got certified to scuba dive and while I was in pharmacy school. And, uh, so over the winter, uh, one winter when it was particularly cold, I had to, uh, figure out how to get out of the, uh, out of the winter for a little bit and discovered, uh, dive master internships at, uh, dive shops in Roatan, which is off the coast of Honduras and went for a couple of summers. And so that was kind of the reason I moved to Hawaii too. So just dove a ton and ended up getting into hiking and other outdoors things. Uh, had an Xterra there and always told the dealership that, you know, once they fix it, I'll go break it and they can they can uh, fix it again as I tear across the uh, the lava field. Uh, but ultimately ended up coming back to the mainland, primarily cost of living and, and availability of jobs. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, practical things. Um, mm-hmm. And had initially got in, into medical writing because I uh, all of a sudden one day just decided I have to figure out a way to keep these tourists 
on Maui from not making these same mistakes with their medications they make every time and they come to my pharmacy. Hmm. I took six pills with me on vacation and mm-hmm. my flight got delayed. So now I need one pill and I need it transferred from Massachusetts or I'm from Canada and where's your promethazine with coating cough syrup and showing me a Safeway bottle where they bought it over the counter in Canada. And nope, sorry, we don't do that over the counter here. Most of us don't. Um, And so anyway, I compiled a list of uh, biggest mistakes that I thought could be counseling points for pharmacists uh, Mm -hmm. on uh, for people getting ready to travel abroad and email drug topics and asked if I could do a piece for them and was shocked when they offered to pay me. And they told me they, they would pay me $350 to do a one-page article on it. And I yeah. believe it because I'd only done peer-reviewed journals before that. And as we mm-hmm. all know, you don't get paid for that. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, that's kind of what set it off. And I uh, then went, got in the pharmacy times and wrote for them for a while and just took it off from, from there and kind of grew it into more and more of a business over time. All right. Very cool. Um that is so interesting. And, you know, I think so many people um, want to be able to have the lifestyle that they want, whether it's, you know, living in the mountains or the ocean um, or wherever they want. And I think that, you know, especially 2020 has shifted um to allow people to, to do that a bit more, which is exciting. Um, so, you know, you could still do your, your day job, but you might be working from somewhere else. Um, but you kind of figured that out and hacked into that system a bit earlier. Um, so yeah, uh, super interesting. Um, so are you still diving in Florida or, um, tell us a little bit about your just you know, day to day, um, how do you fit in all of your fun between your, your part-time job with Ascension and the medical writing? Yeah, I, I have been a few times, but I have a three-year-old right now. So, um, mm-hmm. as we all know that, that, uh, will limit the amount of times you'll be going on long trips to go diving. So I'm in a, a new experience, but, uh, but, um, we have been diving in the Springs a few times and in the past have also dove the Keys and off Miami beach a couple of times, beautiful diving down there. Um, but, uh, yeah. And then of course the quarantine is not really a good time to, to go diving cause you're, you should be diving with a dive buddy. Um, and hopefully it never happens, but you might even have to breathe off their regulator. So, uh, it's probably not the best time to, to go diving, uh, right now. So, uh, I also play music a lot. So just been focusing on that for my fun activities and then just, yeah, continuing to go to grow the writing. And what I will say is like the beginning stages of writing, it was really, really difficult to get into it. Um, just because I didn't have any, I didn't really have any experience other than the one, the one article I, I got lucky off of drug topics. They emailed me back. They liked the idea and I wrote it, but in terms of getting regular work, I think that took a little more time. Um, uh, beyond drug topics and pharmacy times enough to be able to, to really make some, some real income off of it. Um, and then it kind of like gradually you build a portfolio, you get more types of writing experience. So I started out in trade journals and then got into continuing education. Um, and then I, my kind of big gig that I landed that lasted for about a year, year and a half that allowed me to, 
feel confident in going part-time was uh, to help write a NAPLEX review course, um, which is, you can imagine is a ton of work. So it was a lot of, mm-hmm. a lot of pharmacists on that, but also gave me real steady work. And so at that point, like you can really, you're really a medical writer. You have a portfolio with a lot of different types of experience and it becomes gradually easier. And eventually, you know, you'll have companies contacting you uh, mm-hmm. to see if you're available for work and, and, um, so, uh, yeah, I would say those, those beginning stages were, are kind of the, the hardest part in getting started. Yeah. So, so basically it, it takes a while. So people can't just say, oh, I'm going to quit my job and go into medical writing. you it really takes a while to, to build up your portfolio, as you mentioned, and, you know, getting those contacts, uh, with, with trade journals or, um, different groups, but, you know, medical writing is really expanding. You know, people are going that to Google and searching for information, you know, they're kind of taking their health into their own hands. And it's so important to be able to have accurate information from healthcare professionals out there. Um, so I think, you know, it's a really good time for people to, to look into this if they're interested. So Alex, did you have any, you know, were you really interested in, in English or, you know, was there any, why did you decide to, to like writing? You know, what are some of the things that if people wanted to start doing it that, you know, would make them uh, a better fit for medical writing? I guess in my case, I just have always, it's, it's always come more natural to me mm-hmm. than, uh, than even, for example, speaking. Uh, I'm certainly more of a writer and, um, and have always enjoyed it. I had an excellent English teacher in high school, had her for two years. Um, and uh, so I, I really would credit her with, with uh, providing me a lot of the tools necessary to put together a well-written piece, uh, no matter what type it is, it's just the, the foundations of writing. Um, so I would think it would be really important to, to really feel comfortable writing, um, to have a good foundation and being able to put together a well-organized piece. Um, so yeah, it's certainly, certainly not for everybody, but if you enjoy writing and you find it, find it that it's something that comes naturally to you, um, then I, I think it's a good option worth exploring. And initially, you know, it's, the, a lot of the trade journals and even CEs and other companies, especially that are in the f- strictly the pharmacy world, I mm-hmm. think could be great places to start because they're going to be looking for pharmacists. They want practicing pharmacists in general to to write those those pieces. You know, like, and and I think that that's uh, that's uh, only only normal. I mean, like the demand from our uh, from their readers, like if we're reading drug topics or pharmacy times or something, we would generally gravitate towards pieces written by a pharmacist as opposed to somebody who maybe has 10 years of writing experience, but they have a master's degree in cell biology or something. You know, it's not mm-hmm. really in our field necessarily. And so that can be a great place to focus when you're first getting started. Um, and then over time, as you get more experience and you can uh, really project yourself as a medical writer to clients, then it gets easier to kind of start getting into other other uh, types of writing. Mm-hmm. So Alex, are there any certain credentials that one might need to 
be able to write? Where do you get your content from? Um, you know, I, a lot of people are probably like, oh, I've practiced for a number of years or, um, yeah, or, you know, if you're working in a community pharmacy setting or other setting and, and you're experiencing these things like um, travelers coming in, uh, needing um, any certain credentials or things, that might be something that people also have a pause about. Oh, maybe, you know, they, they always have that kind of imposter syndrome. Like, I don't, I don't know, you know, enough to be able to, to write anything. What's some advice you would tell people about that? Uh, I think the biggest thing I would say is you're a pharmacist. <laughs> so you, you've gone to a lot of schooling and a PharmD, an MD, and then a PhD in a research science are the three most sought after degrees in medical writing. And you'll see that in the job ads, a strong preference towards those three degrees mm-hmm. and in particular PharmD and MD because it is a clinical um, mm-hmm. background. Um, and then, yeah, so I, as far as what to write about, again, that can come from your interest uh, and uh, what you're experiencing at work. So, you know, like like my first experience was writing about the tourists coming to the store on Maui and kind of making the same mistakes. Mm-hmm. Um, trade journals are always going to want interesting articles from a unique perspective or uh, you know, updates in certain therapeutic areas, if that's your interest. But, uh, mm-hmm. the one thing I, I've, I've always told my students too, that's, that can be really helpful in breaking into any kind of non-traditional career is to remember to branch out from just the pharmacy world and focus on your pharmacy education. So somebody who's not in the pharmacy world for the most part, they don't know what a board certified pharmacotherapy specialist is, or they don't know what a, mm-hmm. you know, board certified MTM or any of these other credentials that we have. That's not to say that they're not valuable and, and certainly in pharmacy practice, very valuable degrees, but it's just to say that when you step into an environment where you're the only pharmacist in the room, mm-hmm. then it's all of a sudden just the farm D becomes very valuable. And I've certainly seen that. I have a client here in Florida that I've uh, have had some in-person meetings with. Um, and uh, when, when I was there, I was the only pharmacist in the room and their focus is on uh, pocket guides to clinical guidelines. And they also do a little bit with uh, trying to get into the EMR system. So they were kind of fascinated into all of mm-hmm. these ways the EMR works that, that you and I, anybody that works in a health system would consider to be somewhat basic. And so yeah. that the same goes with medical writing. Like, uh, like I write for GoodRx, for example, they want pharmacists uh, and doctors, but pharmacists, doctors who are practicing mm-hmm. uh, to write that, to write that content. Yeah. So Alex, you have another like interesting job uh, as a pharmacy project manager. That's, you know, an unusual title. Tell us a little bit more about what that role involves. And then, you know, uh, how can other people figure out some of these unique jobs and and career paths? Yeah. um, When with that job, I, I have to admit that's not my official job title at Ascension. My official job title is pharmacist because uh, as with any national organization, there has to be some st- standardizing with job titles mm-hmm. and codes and things like that. But essentially what happened is when I decided to g- 
go part time and I had the confidence in my medical writing income to be able to do so. Uh, then I would, I asked my boss to step down from a, the pharmacy manager role. I'd been previously managing the outpatient pharmacy, uh, uh, here at our hospital in Jacksonville. Um, and I'd been for the past three to four years, uh, however long I'd been there, I'd been constantly pursuing quality improvement projects and working mm -hmm. with nursing and care management and working with our performance improvement team, um, mm -hmm. even getting into some of the like you know, lean six Sigma type things to it, to improve yeah. efficiency and reduce variation or, uh, finance. I went to, uh, went to business school while I was, since I got here, um, and started immediately seeing a whole lot more than I'd ever seen in the past after having the accounting and financing courses and started, uh, mm -hmm. really digging into the financial aspects. And I think eventually started getting asked more and more what I thought about different things and essentially raising my hand every time and saying, I'll take care of this. Like I will do it. Um, mm -hmm. and then making it and then, and then doing it. And so like when I asked to go part-time, I, I actually brought a schedule to my boss that put me part-time staffing, uh, three days a week in the pharmacy and wanted to show him like, Oh, here's how it would work out. And it would reduce, payroll cost in the pharmacy. So like there's something in it for the company by allowing me to go part-time and mm -hmm. was pretty shocked when he said like, I don't really need you in the pharmacy as much as I need you doing all of these things you've been doing and taking care of stuff. And so mm -hmm. that's how I initially landed into the role that I'm in now. Um, and it, it is a hard role to describe because there's so many things that, that, I do kind of get involved with in the pharmacy world um, and sometimes outside of the pharmacy world, but the, the person that I want to be at the hospital and that I'm striving to be is kind of like the hospital Swiss army knife, like whatever you need done, um, <laughs> I will figure out a way to do it. You want some marketing materials done, which I have done before. Well, yeah. I've been in medical writing. I'm comfortable with PowerPoint. I'll do it. You know, you want Excel and uh, the financial stuff learned a little bit of that in MBA school. So like, mm -hmm. I'll figure it out. If I don't know how to do it, I have literally watched YouTube videos of Excel to figure out how to make it work the way I want um, yeah. so that we can get the results we need. So the last thing I ever want to do at the hospital is tell somebody that I just can't do it unless mm -hmm. there's really, really no way. Um, mm -hmm. And so like gradually I kind of moved into that um, and it's been keeping me really really busy. I've, there's, there's been more than enough work to do and, and continually looking for opportunities to save the health system money and, and, mm -hmm. um, improve quality. And I think that's another key point I, I've even tried to get across to my students is that, uh, is that, uh, like you, you really are a whole lot more than your job title and the, mm -hmm. no matter who you work for, they want to see that you're bringing more to the company then you're mm -hmm. taking in salary and benefits and things of yeah. that nature. So it's essentially justifying your position. And if mm -hmm. you can justify your position or justify what you're doing, you can do a whole lot. And I'll say that even when I worked for Safeway, like uh, I was only there two years or I would have been gotten more heavily involved in it. But we did an initiative inside the grocery store of like a mm -hmm. uh, great American smoke out. So helping patients with smoking cessation then uh, referring them to get their Pneumovax vaccines. And the store manager 
brought out like the tables and the cookies and the snacks and the whole thing to bring people to the table. And we had a big event actually in partnership with the Hawaii Public Health Association um, and Safeway let me do it because of course they see that as a good thing for pharmacy. They see it as a good thing for their pharmacy. Um, And then possibly some sales from, of course, from Pneumavax and transferring prescriptions and things that help the finances as well. And, and so if you can look for that in any company that you work for, I think you're going to be pleasantly surprised with the results has been my experience. Yeah. Um, I love that. And I think that, you know, you're bringing that, um, you know, uh, skill set or, or just coming to a job and saying like, what else can I do? It's not just, oh, this is in my job title and responsibilities. I fill prescriptions and counsel patients and, uh, or, you know, do coag. No, you're, you're looking at things. And, um, you know, I think part of that too is, is the MBA, um, schooling and, um, but I think that more people should be kind of um, looking at how can I provide value, and that was just such a great uh, example of that. And Alex, I love that in your bio you mention, oh, these are all the things that I like to do for fun. I like to kind of hang out at the ocean and dive. You mentioned all of your credit, all of the um, you know pharmacy school and the the MBA and and all of that. So. Um, I'm glad that we get we got to learn a little bit more about um, your pursuit of of learning um, and along the way. So yes, it's very interesting. So many people lead with credentials or you know awards or or all of those things, and you're just like, yep, I like to dive, and so I spent time in Hawaii. <laughs> Which is interesting. It's it's a conversation starter. I think that more and more people should kind of, you know, like um, those icebreakers and things like tell me something unique about yourself. <laughs> and when you only think about it from I am a pharmacist and have this degree or went here, then um, yeah, it's, it's harder to kind of think outside the box. So you definitely have um, that creative side and you're working that muscle with your, uh, creative writing, which is exciting. So, um, super interesting. Um, these are all great tips on how to, you know, think outside the box and whether it's, you know, being creative in, in, you know, creating jobs or finding a job within your own organization. Um, So many good pieces of information. And as our final question that I love to ask all of our guests is what is some advice that you would tell your younger self or for other pharmacists out there who are just getting started in their career? Yeah, I think the number one thing I would say to, especially to younger pharmacists, but maybe honestly to any pharmacist, um, especially who's, who's, uh, looking at a career change or looking to getting into new opportunities, whether even if it's within the same company is that if you see your job as just a job, then that's all you'll have. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's even when I interviewed candidates, for staff pharmacist positions as manager, that's one thing I looked for. I had candidates that came from, you know, 
no name chain pharmacy uh, complaining about how they were just an assembly line or com- essentially complaining about the company and they didn't do anything but check prescriptions or whatever whatever followed after that. And that was an immediate turnoff to me because I think that um, you know y- your job and the way you practice pharmacy even is what is what you make of it. And so um, we're, we're all we're all uh, have jobs that are clinical in nature and that goes for the same for pharmacy. So practice it to the best of your ability and look for opportunities to improve care. Mm-hmm. Very good. Well, Alex, thank you so much for being a guest on the Talk to Your Pharmacist podcast. Yeah, thank you for having me. For more about pharmacists in leadership, be sure to check out my new book now available as an ebook and paperback on Amazon. Go over to Amazon and search for How Pharmacists Lead, Answers from Women Who Are Leading, Succeeding, and Impacting Pharmacy. And if you liked this episode, please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. It helps us to get in front of more pharmacists and others interested in the pharmacy industry. We really appreciate your support in sharing this content. Thanks for listening to this episode of Talk to Your Pharmacist, produced by the Pharmacy Advisory Group. If you liked this episode, let us know by subscribing to the podcast, rating, and reviewing it. Share it with friends. And if you want to be a guest or know a pharmacist leader who has a great story to tell, connect with me, Hillary Blackburn, on LinkedIn and check out our Facebook page, Pharmacy Advisory Group for updates on new podcasts. Thanks for listening.